Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I, your host, Maria Leonard Olson, get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. I am a civil litigation attorney in the Washington, D.C. area. I am a journalist, author, book marketer, mentor to women who have experienced sexual trauma or addictions, and I lead writing retreats. My latest book is called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life. It's available on my website, marialeonardolson.com, from your public library, from your independent bookstore, and of course, on Amazon. I would like to introduce all of you to this extraordinary woman who served on a panel of women speakers at an event called Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays. She and I and a third woman gave presentations to a group of women in Potomac, Maryland about the work we were doing to uplift the world. And this woman, Siobhan Davenport, blew me away. She is an extraordinarily busy woman, and I feel lucky that she had the time to do this podcast. Siobhan Davenport is a multi-bestselling author and champion for women and girls with more than 15 years of experience in the nonprofit sector. She is the founder of Nonprofit Entrepreneurs, a coaching and consulting firm that empowers nonprofit leaders to build, to give, and increase their impact. Siobhan is a professional certified impact coach and transformational speaker. As the daughter of teen parents, Siobhan knows about overcoming odds. Personal willpower is important, but it is imperative to have a community that fosters success. Siobhan dedicated her career to racial and gender equity by giving young girls everywhere, everywhere because her reach is vast, everything that she had, which included tools to overcome challenges and the community and support systems that enable girls to thrive. She was president and CEO of Crittenden Services of Greater Washington. She focused on closing equity and achievement gaps for teen girls, particularly those of color in the DC metropolitan area. If you don't already know this, Crittenden partners with schools to run multi-year programs that drive youth social, emotional, and academic success. She did a great deal for Crittenden, and I was blown away by the people she served and helped in that capacity. She also launched something called Declare Equity for Girls, It's Time Campaign, a landmark initiative that included focus groups and exposed the major barriers to personal and academic success. Then she became the executive director of the Rock Springs Foundation, where she oversaw the foundation's impact investing around economic and educational opportunities to low-income family and youth. She also served as senior producer and host 
for On the Potomac Productions, including the acclaimed series, The New Washington. Siobhan holds a BS in Business Administration from Boston University and a master's degree in journalism from American University. She just released a new book. She's a contributing author to A Reason to Be, Volume 4, Seeking Life Purpose, which is an Amazon number one bestseller. It's a collaborative book with nine co-authors and is a must read for all those who are seeking to walk and live in their purpose. Siobhan's contribution is titled, titled Purposeful Living with God. Readers are guided and inspired to step into their purpose and passion. You can order a copy on Amazon or on her website, buildtogive.org. She contributed to two other wonderful books, which are in the show notes. She served as a commissioner for the Maryland Governor's Commission on Service and Volunteerism, and sits on the Advisory Council for Ascend at the Aspen Institute. And while she will never tell you this, this very beautiful woman is also the winner of Mrs. Maryland pageant, and which she was a top 10 finalist in Mrs. America. Like seriously, this woman does not cease to astound me when uh, the more I learn about her. And you can follow her work on Facebook at Build to Give One or her website, buildtogive.org, which is also in the show notes. So all her social media and contact information, you needn't write down, just enjoy this interview. Welcome, Siobhan. Thank you so much, Maria. That Wow, what a, what a welcome. What an intro. Well, well, you are an inspiring woman. I, when I listen to you, months ago when we when you gave your presentation, I so wanted to write down almost everything you said. And because I was on the stage or near the stage, I couldn't take notes. I wanted to just listen because the pearls of wisdom that you dropped, the inspiration that you fed us was astounding. And I go to a lot of women's forums. I go to listen to a lot of TED Talks and you, my friend, are utterly extraordinary. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Maria. And and now you are turning your gifts to helping other people in nonprofit management. Tell us about how this chapter got started for you. Why, after leading a wonderful nonprofit, you decided to turn your attention to helping other people do what you did. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is a very interesting chapter of my life. And I and I don't think it's unique. You know, coming out of a worldwide pandemic, I think all of us had more than enough time to really reevaluate our lives and and do what we feel is important, what is impactful. And so um, prior to leading a direct service organization for teen girls, I also, as you mentioned, led a foundation and did the same kinds of work, really disrupting the causes, the root causes of poverty to give people teen girls, uh, women, the the ability to thrive in their lives and stop just surviving. So what the pandemic 
um, taught me was that I really wanted to do systematic work mm-hmm. and help other and women, because it's mostly women and nonprofit, but help other women who really have a desire to make an impact in their communities, give them the blueprint in order to do that. Uh, A lot of the women that I have worked with or spoken with are entrepreneurs who are just brilliant and have built businesses from scratch. And they really want to give back to their community in, in different ways. But when it comes to the nonprofit, it's passion over over um, their, not not just their purpose, but it's, you know, they lead with passion as, a, as opposed to leading intentionally, which is what they do in their business. So what I'm trying to do is, is harness their passion and let's make it intentional and purposeful and let's get this nonprofit off the ground in the right way so that they can make the impact that they want to make in their community. Wow. You are truly someone who pays it forward. And I was a little sad for your nonprofit when you left because I saw the extraordinary work that you did, but now your impact is going to be even more far reaching. So without naming names, are you able to give, uh, because I expect there's probably some confidentiality parameters, but can you give an example of a nonprofit that you're working with and how you concretely help them move to the next level? Oh, absolutely. I'm working with a very successful entrepreneur um, in the Washington region. And so she's looking at an opportunity to help other women, and in particular, women who are um, are in transitional housing and helping Mm. those women get the skills and the mental supports that they need in order to to thrive in their lives. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, she she's such a brilliant businesswoman, but when it comes to the nonprofit, she tells me, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you oh. know, I, I just know that I want to help. I don't, you know, I don't know how to set up the nonprofit successfully. So I'm helping her with procedures and operations, um, you know, writing those bylaws, which is so important. I'm helping her to build a board that will be impactful. Um, and mission driven. And I'm helping her to identify some funding, of course, uh, in order to really make the impact that she wants to make. And so, um, you know, there's there's a language with nonprofits that, you know, business owners are and, and others who may not be familiar, but you you also in, in terms of passion and wanting to give back, that is wonderful. But you also have to speak the language and have all of your documentation set. Because when you start applying for funding, these grant makers are going to ask you these questions. They want to see your, um, you know, they want to see your bylaws. They mm. want to see a budget, um, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know how to put together a nonprofit budget. It's very different from running your own business. And so, you know, they want to see that. They want to see... They want to see that your, um, your, you know, your business plan, really, it's a nonprofit plan, but it is still a business plan. So I'm trying to help these wonderful, wonderful people who want to be impactful in their community to put the same kind of strategies and procedures in place that they did for their businesses, Mm. also for their nonprofit. Wow. What a needed service. I have 
been on some nonprofit boards and the funding aspect, the grant writing aspect is probably something that is so specialized and the service that you're providing is so needed. Siobhan, thank you for doing that. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome because, it, you know, in my past life, I was a funder mm -hmm. and, and I remember holding the hands of some of the smaller nonprofits because I really wanted them to win. They had such great ideas, such great passion, making such great impact. And I remember saying, okay, let, let's change this, or let me ask you some other questions. Can you provide this? Yes. So, um, right. Because, you know, I wanted them to win so much. And, and in my role now, I definitely want them to win. Wow. And she even provides free consultation calls to learn more about what she can offer to your particular nonprofit. So again, blown away by this woman. And if you have any interest in exploring, um, organizing a nonprofit or are serving on a serving on a board, this is a woman who has a lot of relevant experience and is turning it into a force for good, which I so appreciate. So let's talk about your latest book. Yes, among yes. all the things that she does, <laughs> she has time to uh, write and she writes for for books that are very successful because they're inspirational. This is a woman who speaks from the heart. So can you tell us about the latest book? Oh, certainly. I'm so pleased to do that. Um, the latest book is A Reason to Be. It's volume four. Mm -hmm. And what this book is about is uh, sharing how living a purpose, first of all, how to live a purposeful life, how mm. to find your purpose, and then how that purposeful living can create so much joy um, in, in, in your life. Yeah. And so what I write about, and, and I am a Christian, so I talk about my Christian faith, but mm -hmm. it, you know, whatever you believe in or whatever faith that you have, I talk about how I leaned on that in order to find my purpose. And so, uh, for me, you know, I just have to give a little story. So, sure. um, when I was in uh, my senior year of high school, I had the opportunity to actually intern at a foundation. And it was a year long internship where I got to visit these incredible programs and meet inspiring people. And, and so I never forgot that. But then when I got to college and those, you know, the idea of paying back student loans, I switched my major to business. <laughs> <laughs> You're practical. You're practical. Right. I had to be practical. I said, yeah. I've got to pay back these loans. Yes. And so I started off working in financial services. I actually worked on Wall Street for, for a few years as well. And so, um, but I, I was never satisfied. I was working with very high net worth individuals in marketing services. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm spending all my time helping wealthy people become wealthier. There's something about that. That, that doesn't ring true for me. So, um, so anyway, so I did a pivot at that point and, um, and got my master's in communications and, and worked in communications for some time before I had the opportunity to go back to the foundation. So all of that I'm saying is that, you know, I just wish I could have uh, walked in that purpose um, after my, you know, after this incredible internship and I hadn't let fear 
set me on a path, which I'm glad I was on and I learned quite a bit. But, you know, instead of just taking that straight route, I had to go, you know, cross the river, <laughs> climb the mountain, <laughs> go through the valley to finally end up in a place where I knew that my purpose is certainly being uh, giving back to the communities in which I live and, and just the greater community of the world. I hear you. And I think the world is better off because you are in it and because you share so genuinely and generously your motivation, your inspiration. And you, uh, like me, uh, came not from a very privileged background, and yet we were given opportunities that enabled us to be very successful in life. And both of us, I believe, are paying it back to others who, who have had challenges similar to our own. So tell me about, or tell our listeners about how uh, your evolution and how what your childhood was like informed the work that you do today. Absolutely. Um, yes, you can't focus on your evolution until you look backwards, right? So my parents were actually teens. Mm -hmm. uh, they were not married, um, not financially stable, you know, as, as you would expect a teenager to be, but also not emotionally stable. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to have my paternal grandmother intervene. And she uh, brought me home from the hospital and raised me as her own. Uh, but what I will share is that uh, being the child of teen parents and then looking at all of my friends who actually lived with their parents, uh, I was the only person I knew that lived with my grandmother. So I felt very different. Um, I also wanted, I, I was a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. because my parents made some, you know, made some not so great choices in their lives. Uh, my father, both had addiction issues. Um, my father had spent some time in, in incarceration. And so I lived in this world where I was, I felt like I was inhabiting two worlds. Oh, yes. One. I can relate. <laughs> Go on. I can relate. Yes. So it was the world of, you know, my father, his friends, um, and then there was the world that my grandmother had created and structured around us where I was, I was Catholic. So I was raised in the church. I had a wonderful community of, of support around me with my older relatives, as well as my church and school family. And I had people championing me along the way. So uh, I went to my local Catholic school, which ended at sixth grade. And then my grandmother was able to borrow money and then uh, from some family friends. So I could attend a private school for junior high, which was seventh and eighth grade. And she would pay them monthly as opposed to having to pay the tuition in full. So, um, you know, and it was there that another parent saw something in me and said, have you ever thought about boarding school? Well, you know, I knew no one who had gone to boarding school. My experience was the, you know, the show, I'm dating myself, the facts of life, where they, <laughs> <laughs> where they seem to have a really good time. I uh, uh -huh. very rarely saw them in class. So I'm thinking, yeah, I think that boarding school thing sounds pretty good. So I, you know, I was able to, to get a full scholarship 
to a prestigious all-girls school for boarding school, which really changed the trajectory of, of my life yes. and propelled me in to receive some educational opportunities that probably would not have come my way had I stayed in my little town in North Carolina. So, uh, but all throughout that, I felt like an imposter. Then I was a dancer. I was involved in the school plays. Um, you know, I was an enthusiastic student and, you know, just love getting involved in different activities. And so my friends saw, you know, one side of me, but then, you know, in the back of my mind was always the, the child of illegitimate teens. Yeah. And so, um, and so that, you know, so, you know, going through school and going into the workforce, there's always that part of me is, do I truly belong? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I've had to fight that. And that's um, and part of the reason to be in my writing about that is really fighting the that internal battle that, yes, I do belong. <laughs> yes, I am good enough. So and, and that's all intentional in finding your purpose. Wow. Well, I can relate to a lot of what you said, and I suffered from the imposter syndrome and dual consciousness that was exhausting to me and feeling like I didn't belong really anywhere because I am biracial and my mother wanted me to be as American as possible. So she didn't even teach me her language. So when I went to the Philippines, couldn't speak that language. And when I was in the US, there were plenty of people who didn't view me as being one of them. So I can I can relate on a certain level to what you said. And it even, uh, it elevates you even further in my estimation that you had a lot of opportunity and you're using it to help other people. Like that is wonderful, Siobhan. I I'm blown away. Oh, well, thank you, Maria. I can honestly say that my grandmother you know, in the South, you know, we, we use the word mama. So that was my mama, mm -hmm. uh, really modeled for me what it meant to be a good citizen and a good person. And she didn't have a lot to give, but if someone were sick, she would cook a meal and I would go with her to deliver that meal. Mm -hmm. um, she would help with some of our elderly neighbors, get them to, you know, take them to go fulfill a prescription or take them to a doctor's appointment. So mm -hmm. she really modeled for me. I didn't know the word philanthropy, but that's what she did that yeah. um, what you can give away what you have. And it's our responsibility to ensure that others around us have the same opportunities that we have. Wow. I wish I could meet your grandmother. Uh, I would say that my grandmother was a pivotal influence in my life too. Strongest woman I ever met. She um, had to evacuate the hospital within hours of giving birth to my mother during World War II in the Philippines because the Japanese were bombing the hospital. So wow. she taught me a lot about being a strong woman and uh, I'm grateful for that. So yeah, it's not just one book that Siobhan has written in. She has written in several. Would you like to share a little bit about the other books? They are available on her website. Yes, thank you. So the first uh, collaborative book that I participated was uh, a book called Shift. S H I F T. I was <laughs> sure I get that book in there. <laughs> so yeah. it's called Shift 
happens. And um, and in that book is was uh, the co-authors wrote about a pivotal point in their life that actually changed the trajectory of their life. And I write about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I had to forgive my father for not being there for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was a journey. It was a long journey because I'm, I'm a Taurus. May 2nd is my birthday, so I can be extremely stubborn. Mm -hmm. And so um, it wasn't until he passed that, um, that I really discovered forgiveness. And mm -hmm. I had to do it without him present. Um, and without even, you know, having a conversation, et cetera. So, um, so, and that was difficult as well. And, but I knew it was important to finally let go of the hurt yes. um, that had manifested itself as anger. Now, fortunately for me, I, I deliberately made decisions that I knew my father would not make. So that's why I was always the good student, uh, the, you know, the good employee, you know, trying, mm -hmm. trying to excel because I wanted to do the opposite of what he did. So I had to forgive him. And once, and once I did, it was almost, it was this invisible 10,000 pound weight that I had been carrying around and didn't even realize it. And so, um, and so that really freed me to, um, to practice forgiveness of myself, which is very difficult for a lot of us to do. Yeah. And it's to practice forgiveness of others. I very rarely, very rarely hold on to grudges. As a matter of fact, I forget, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I, for I forgot about you. Like someone else will remind me, remember that person said or did? And I was like, they did? Oh, okay. <laughs> Much better way to live is to <laughs> let go. Yes, let go. <laughs> Just wow. let it go. And then the, the uh, second or the third book that I participated it's called soul talk mm -hmm. and um and it's just about anything that speaks to your soul and i in it i write about um i was at a pivotal point in my life where my husband had been diagnosed with stage one hodgkin's lymphoma back in 2013 he mm -hmm. is completely free of uh, cancer now and is thriving and doing wow. very well thank goodness but Yes, thank goodness. But at the time, our children were in um, second grade in kindergarten. And so, uh, and it was just a very scary period. And mm -hmm. we fortunately got through everything. He had chemo, radiation, the doctor gave him a clean bill of health. And then right after all of that process of holding his hand, I experienced alopecia, hair loss. Oh, wow. And, and I couldn't understand why. So I actually, it, it's a funny story. And I put it in, in the book, Soul Talk, where yeah. I go to the dermatologist and I, you know, and I've said, give me a pill, give me a shot, whatever you have to do <laughs> to clear this up. Wow. And his question to me was, are you under stress? And I'm oh! looking at him. <laughs> And I, and I remember distinctly saying, yes, I'm under stress, but you know, what does that have to do with why I'm here? So it was a moment where I had to really evaluate my life. And, you know, I, like I said, I was a, a people pleaser and I had discovered, I call it the fake art of people, people pleasing, because at the, at the, the bottom of that, or the, or the core of people pleasing, it's really about you. 
So mm-hmm. I was always the savior. You know, if anybody looked like something was wrong, I mean, mm-hmm. I was there. <laughs> like, oh. like, let me, let me save you. Yes. And so, um, so I had to reevaluate my life and, and clear out my calendar, things that I said yes to that I did not want to do, but because I wanted to be the savior, yes. I raised my hand. And so I had to clear my calendar. I had to reevaluate my purpose. Um, and, and, and really take care of practice self-care and take care of myself. Uh, the alopecia did clear up, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are skill sets, the, the deep breathing, yo, I discovered yoga during that time period. Mm. Um, I, I have no qualms of saying no without an explanation. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> that's mm. powerful. It sure is. It sure is. So those are lessons that I learned that I continue to practice to this day. Well, that dovetails nicely into the question that I ask of all our guests, which is, what do you do, Siobhan, to become your best version? To become my best version, I, on a daily basis, strengthen my mindset. Mm -hmm. I practice affirmations. I make time for meditation, um, in my case, for prayer. And because even though uh, I have faced that people pleaser gene and, mm-hmm. and have, um, and, you know, in my mind have tackled, it still, it still pops up. The um, imposters in syndrome still pops up. So I have to fortify myself on a daily basis in order to live intentionally and with purpose. Mm, that is beautiful. And something I need to be reminded of daily So I very much appreciate that you shared that as, and everything you shared uh, during this podcast, because you are someone who walks the walk. You have done a lot of self-reflection and work on how you want to give back to the world. And I admire you so much, Siobhan. Oh, thank you so much. I think we have a mutual admiration um, (laughs) here. (laughs) Well, though our paths have uh, differed slightly, I can relate to every single thing that you said. And I was a people pleaser. I suffered from imposter syndrome. And now I feel like at age 59, I'm finally, finally living a life authentic to me and my values. And I surround myself intentionally with people like you, because that is what inspires me and helps me to be a better version of myself. Oh, just wonderful. So I thank you for being with us. And if there is anything that you would like to share before we sign off for the day about your work that we weren't able to cover, you have at it. Oh, thank you for this opportunity. Yes, I would just like to share um, if anyone would love a free consultation, uh, please visit my website. I know Maria will put it in the show notes. It's buildtogive.org. I would love to talk to you about your vision, your passion, and how we can bring it to fruition to make the greatest impact that you can. Yes, yes, yes. It's free too. This woman is giving from her heart and trying to empower others to give back to their communities in a, in a professional, concrete, 
and ultimately successful way. So thank you, Siobhan, and check out her books on her website and pay it forward, everyone, because Siobhan is showing us the way. Thank you, Siobhan. Thank you for having me.